Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We go with Don't go just yet. It's time for Buckeye Grove Instant Access, brought to you by BuckeyeGrove.com as part of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network, wrapping up the latest Buckeyes basketball news. I'll make it. Post-game talk, action from around the conference, immediate analysis, and much, much more, all on the fast break. Don't get whistled for a double dribble. Here's your host, Kevin Noon. Hey, it's been a long time since we've spoken to you here on the BIA podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Noon, of course, joined as always with uh, Keaton Masano and Braden Moles. We are here in the Circle City of Indianapolis in advance of the Big Ten basketball tournament. Uh, you know, I think before we even get into all of this, uh, at the time that we're taping a little bit of breaking news, I'm going to throw it to Braden just in terms of, you know, the governor of Ohio jumping in and saying that, uh, you know, we're, because of coronavirus, that you know, that the first four may not have anybody in front of it. Yes. Yeah, so there was a um, uh, Ohio governor, um, Mike DeWine, had a, a press conference at uh, 2 p.m. on uh, Wednesday and spoke about how uh, they're uh, going to be issuing orders that are going to ban mass gatherings in the state of Ohio. They haven't done so yet, but they're going to do so here in the next, I believe it was 24 to 36 hours. And that would include indoor events such as the first four that takes place in Dayton every year. And then this year's first round site in Cleveland, Ohio at Rocket Mortgage uh, Rocket Mortgage uh, Fieldhouse. So that will uh, certainly a developing situation here, but it certainly seems that at least in Ohio here in Cleveland, the first round of the NCAA tournament could be without fans in the stands. It'll be interesting to see at the time that we're taping this here on a Wednesday afternoon, no such uh, sanctions put in place in terms of the Big Ten tournament. A uh, very real chance that they may close locker rooms. They could, you know, if things start to get worse, I mean, they could maybe – to the situation where media and, and immediate families and types are the only ones that are going to be in there. You know, we're, we're living in some uncharted times right now, but we're not going to make it about this. Just that was something timely and topical that we needed to talk about. But we're here for the Big Ten tournament, and, you know, let's talk about the Big Ten tournament. The Buckeyes tripped up against Michigan State in their final game, locked in at the number seven seed. Uh, you know, they could have they could have gotten as high as five. They pretty much locked in at seven as they'd won nine of their last 12. You know, I'm just going to throw it at, at you guys, both of you guys. I'm going to start with you, Keaton. Just impressions of, of where this team is at coming into the Big Ten tournament. As far as, like, the way they're playing, I kind of like where they're at, especially with the depleted roster that they've been playing with. I think the reduced roster allowed them to kind of get in rhythms as far as offensively, kind of just finding their roles. And I think Holtman even admitted that a little bit, just saying, like, 
when you don't have as many guys, the depth isn't as deep, then you can just kind of ride guys a little bit longer, let them play through some mistakes. They don't have like that pressure that it, like, hey, if I make a, tr- a couple turnovers, I'm going to get subbed out. So I think that's kind of helped this group. I think they're in a good spot heading into the tournament. I don't really like their draw, but I think that as far as the way they're playing, I think they're in a good spot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, you know, with the short rotation they had near the end of the year, it really is a testament to Holtman and the team that they were able to finish on a 9-3 and three run. And what's arguably been the most difficult conference to play in in college basketball this season I mean, they, you know, they didn't play necessarily great teams over the final straight. You know, they had the sweep against Michigan. They had the win against Illinois and over Maryland. But, it, you know, I think it, it really is a testament to how well they were able to play over that final stretch. I mean, especially with, you know, Kyle Young being out for so many games and then, you know, not really having a strong bench presence outside of E.J. Liddell. So I think even with the loss to Michigan State to close out the year, I really think they, they couldn't have been in a better position now when you looked at where they are now versus the end of January. Yeah, when you look and they're really doing it with six. I mean, yeah, obviously Justin Orange is a seventh guy. Uh, hit or miss kind of of what he's going to be able to do. Um, he played for about seven minutes against Michigan State in that game. Didn't have a huge impact. Uh, really the most impactful thing is when he went up against his brother Kyle at the end of the game. Uh, for uh, You know, that was a nice thing to see. But I think as we get ready to see them go in and make this, this Big Ten tournament run, if, if, if Kyle Young isn't able to go for one, two, any of the Big Ten tournament or, or whatnot, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a short rotation for the, for the Buckeyes. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, like I said, kind of referencing their draw, like being the seven seed, I think that's tough because you'll have Purdue, which is essentially a road game playing in Indianapolis, so that'll be tough. And then you're on the bottom side of the bracket with Michigan State and Maryland, so that depth is going to really be tested when you're considering you're going up against – the Big Ten gauntlet in such a short like time period playing a game every day so that'll be tough for Ohio State I mean if they can show some like grit in this week then that would be very telling going into the NCAA tournament I think Holtman understands what his roster looks like right now and I think it's all about getting healthy for the NCAA tournament certainly the draw is not great in terms of where they are on the bracket but I also don't think they should be looking past Purdue right now so the first time they played Purdue back in uh, February Kyle Young had 16 points a career high for Iowa State they beat Purdue by 16 points so you know without having Young on the court this time around it'll be interesting to see how it works out and like Keaton had said with it basically being home game for Purdue they have much better shooting splits at home so as most teams in the Big Ten do. So it'll be really interesting to see how that game turns out. So, well, I think, you know, you'll have the big matchups to look forward to against, you know, maybe Michigan State or Maryland. I really don't think Ohio State would will want to look past Purdue right now. And we'll, and we'll get into Purdue in a second, and I'll jump in and say this, though, somebody's covered a lot of these. Purdue, I mean, they're a team that's fighting for their NC2A life at this point. Um yeah, it, it, it's only an hour and change down the road from West Lafayette to Indianapolis, but I'm not sold that we're going to see a ton of Boilermaker fans make the trip down here. I mean, a lot of these games, especially on on day one, day one, day two, there are, there are a large amount of empty seats at this point. It's certainly not going to be a case of where Ohio State's going to bring six, 7,000 fans with them at this point. I mean, Ohio State's pretty comfortably in the NC2A tournament and whatnot. Uh, you know, I think everybody's kind of freaked out about what's going on, you know, in the, in the world today. I, I don't know if we're going to see one team or another draw huge fans or whatnot. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Indiana just because they're, they're kind of the outlier in terms of th- those fans are the most 
impassioned in terms of being kind of that basketball-only school within the, within the Big Ten framework. But, you know, I, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, we're, we're kind of dealing with some things that we haven't seen before. I'll, I'll bring up one more question to you guys before we go to a break and then we start breaking down the tournament itself. You guys mentioned that the bottom half of this uh, bracket, no no favors to Ohio State. But when you're looking at a, at a conference that's going to send 10 teams to the NC2A tournament, yeah, I mean, there certainly are going to be better matchups. But, you know, there are not many layups whatsoever here. I mean, it would have been great for Ohio State to be the six or the five and be able to get one of the team one of the teams that's playing on on Wednesday and maybe have a little bit of a better shot. But once once they knew they weren't getting, you know, that type of matchup there, I don't know if it's a case of, you know, Michigan, they swept them, you know, Rutgers, Iowa, Penn State are all kind of in playing their first game within within that bracket. I don't know if there was really a favorable draw per se. Yeah, like you said, this conference is very deep and it's going to be difficult no matter where you're going to be put on this bracket. I just would say I don't like the um – the matchup with some of these teams in the bottom with the top-tier teams. I think there's certain teams that can make deep runs, and I think Ohio State, unfortunately, is being put in the same side of the bracket as two of them. But I do think that I like the fact that they're playing Purdue, who isn't going to be playing a game before they play Ohio State. So if they can't have a rhythm built, they're going to be just as cool as Ohio State to start off with the break they've had. So I think that part of it's favorable. But like you said, I mean, you couldn't really go two games in this conference without playing – a good team because really the bottom feeders in Northwestern and Nebraska, they're going to be out like the first game or two. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at the bracket, the only really favorable matchup you can draw here maybe would have been the five seed getting to play either Northwestern or Minnesota. But even then, Minnesota beat Ohio State. So it's like really anywhere you look on here, you're going to find a team that can beat any team in the Big Ten on their best day. So I think, I mean, in the long run, I or in the long term, I really think it's going to be helpful to Ohio State that they may not have the most favorable matchups, but that's kind of life in the Big Ten tournament and in March Madness. You're never, unless you're a one or a two seed playing a 16 or a 15, you're not going to have those favorable matchups in these tournaments. So I think it'll be good experience for them to have this kind of, these stretch of games, especially if they still have that short rotation where they're going to get to just play and play and play and really fine tune things before they get to the NCAA tournament. And we'll talk about the Purdue game and the rest of the bracket and make some predictions here on the other side of the break. Egg Water Conditioning has been treating well in city water in central Ohio with American-made water filtration products for over 60 years. Have a water quality problem? The water treatment experts at Hague know how to solve it. Not sure if your water softener is working? They will test, inspect, and sanitize any brand of water softener for only $20. Schedule a system checkup or water test today by calling 614-836-2195 or visit them online at hagueh2o.com. That's H-A-G-U-E-H-2O.com. Welcome back to the BIA podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Noon. As always, joined with uh, Keaton and Braden as we sit here in Indianapolis in advance of the tournament. Ohio State opens up in the uh, the 7-10 game against Purdue. That'll be the first game of the evening session on Thursday, and that game will be seen on Big Ten Network. Ohio State and Purdue played once this year. It was a 16-point win by the Buckeyes, as Braden had said, 68-52 at Value City Arena. Uh, yeah, you can you can take some things from what happened in that game, but everything also kind of changes once you get into the urgency of the tournament. Ohio State obviously going to be without Kyle Young in this situation. Purdue's coming off of a loss to Rutgers, which could have certainly helped their NC2A resume. How are they going to be feeling? Are they going to are they going to come out 
and just empty the bucket because they're on the wrong side of the bubble at this point? Uh, is it going to be hard for them to get over that? A lot of questions that I don't know if any of us necessarily have answers for, but we certainly have our thoughts going into this. Yeah, and like you said, I think you can't really look at the previous matchup just because of the roster changes and then also Ohio State played so well at home, just like a lot of Big Ten teams. So it's going to be interesting to see these teams match up in a neutral site and have to play almost like away from home where a lot of teams didn't play that well. So I think that Purdue is kind of an interesting team, though. They've had some very high highs, very low lows. I mean, they came off a win at Iowa the second last game of the year, but then dropped one at home against Rutgers. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of Purdue team you get and what kind of Ohio State team you get because there's been times where Ohio State's looked like a top-five team in the country, but then they'll have a following game where they just don't look like they got off the bus per se. And it's going to be very interesting to see which teams show up in this tournament and which team is the hottest team to make the run. Yeah, I think this this could potentially be a very different Purdue team than the one Ohio State played uh, just a month ago. I mean, like Kevin had alluded to, when you have a team that, you know, Purdue's when you look at the bracket here, Purdue's kind of the only team in the Big Ten tournament that is kind of facing, you know, fighting for their life here. Because I think Indiana, we all think it's likely in, but Purdue is one that, you know, if they lose, they may be going home for good this year. So that may really ha- add a uh, extra factor here for their motivation. And then in terms of how the last game went, I mean, I think one big area was that Purdue's leading scorer, Travion Williams, at as I had wrote in the uh, written preview we have up on Buckeye Grove right now, uh, he's leading the Boilermakers with 11.5 points per game this season. Just had four in Value City Arena last time. So as well as Ohio State played defensively, that was with basically a full team then. And now with a short rotation, it'll be interesting to see if they can still keep Williams at bay. You know, he's had 17 points in four of their last seven games. So he'll be a big factor if he can get back to scoring again uh, tomorrow. Ohio State held Purdue to 35.2% from the floor, 20% from beyond the arc. Ohio State hit nine three-pointers, something that they haven't done in either of of, of the last two games for the Buckeyes at that point. Ohio State did leave a lot of points out there, though, 15 of 23 from the line in that game. That's something that they certainly have have corrected down the stretch a little bit better from, from, from the line. Plus seven in the in the rebounding edge, uh, you know there were certainly a lot of things that Ohio State did very well in that game that, you know we haven't seen as much of in the last two games. But you also have to remember Ohio State played Illinois and knocked them out of contention for you know for a lot of things at that point, locking up the number one overall seed, and then had to go up to East Lansing and play against Michigan State, who ended up clinching a share of the Big Ten title in, in that situation. It wasn't like Ohio State came up and finished with. Nebraska Northwestern or anything along those lines. Ohio State had came out playing against some of the best that the conference had to offer at that point. So you know it, it'll it'll be interesting to see what you know what comes out of that one. We certainly don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to kind of jump around in this bracket, but if Ohio State does get by, get by Purdue, potentially you know they're going to have another matchup against Michigan State, and that's certainly. It's going to be good not playing them at the at the Breslin Center, but it's the same Michigan State team that uh, that put a hurting on the Buckeyes. Yeah, the good thing for Ohio State is I don't know if Michigan State can play much better than what they did. I mean, we were just talking about it, about how, like, in the Michigan-Ohio State game, Ohio State had a couple bank threes go their way, but then you play Michigan State at Michigan State, and Rocket Watts had one from, like, almost the side. So it's just – it felt like it was Michigan State's day in the Breslin Center last Sunday, but – I mean, that's just a tough matchup no matter which way you slice it. You know with Izzo, you're going to get a defense that's going to be hungry. They usually are playing their best basketball at this time of the year. After falling out of the rankings, they've risen back up. So that would be a tough matchup for Ohio State. And I think 
Kind of what um, Braden was alluding to, though, I think this will only help Ohio State going in the NCAA tournament just with more experience against these top flight teams. And I don't know which way I would lean in that matchup. I'd probably lean towards Michigan State just because of the way they've been playing. And I like, I think guard play really defines the month of March. And with Cassius Winston playing at a high level, I think that would help the Spartans out. But yeah, that's not the matchup you'd want in your second game in the tournament. Yeah, I agree. I, I would not personally like Ohio State's chances if they do go on to. Uh, play Michigan State. Like, like Keaton had said, you know, that was Michigan State playing at maybe their best this season. But, it, you know, even if they can't repeat that, even a Michigan State team playing at 80 or 90%, still one of the best teams in the country. So if Ohio State's still having to deal with that short rotation, which at that point will have played probably six or seven games at that point with only six or seven guys really getting any significant minutes, I'm not sure if Ohio State will be able to keep up with them. Not looking for any long answers here, but we'll talk about the Wednesday games. By the time we post this, they may almost be underway at that point. Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska, Indiana. Can any of those teams create any problems in the tournament beyond their games that they're playing on Wednesday, in your opinion? Uh, I like Indiana a little bit with their roster. I think playing Penn State, if they can get by Nebraska, Penn State's been kind of struggling a little bit. That would be a favorable matchup. And then I'm just shocked by how – Poorly Minnesota's played down the stretch. I mean, maybe it's just our vantage point being covering Ohio State, seeing Marcus Carr kind of go off against OSU twice. But, yeah, I I would expect them to be able to beat Northwestern, but that Iowa matchup isn't very favorable for them. So I'd say Indiana has the potential to get to that Maryland game, win two games and then play Maryland. But other than that, I don't see any of those teams going that deep. Yeah, I basically echo every sentiment Keaton had. I I don't see Northwestern or Minnesota making any sort of run past Iowa. Nebraska is just a – bad basketball team but so Indiana they yeah they did beat Penn State earlier this season but unfortunately for them they got swept by Maryland in two games so yeah I I could definitely with like Keaton had said with how Penn State has kind of struggled down the stretch here I could see Indiana making it to Thursday against Maryland but I just don't really see them getting past that I mean Archie Miller has you know he's he's got to come off the rails here recently but it's, I, I don't know if this is a team that is really prepared to make that type of run this time of year. I listened to the Illinois-Iowa game in, in the car when I was on my way back from East Lansing over the weekend, and Ohio State certainly would have benefited if uh, Iowa would have won. They would have moved up a seed line in this tournament. I, I don't know. I think that Minnesota could give Iowa a bit of a game just if Luca Garza, your Big Ten Player of the Year, doesn't play a Luca Garza type of game, and 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 that certainly is possible. Uh, he's averaged twenty pretty much across the board in terms of games. So a lot of teams aren't having that type of success taking him out of out of out of rhythm. But if uh, Minnesota, you know, who has some has some solid interior players, can sit there and and, and muddy things up, play kind of an ugly game there. I think we could see an upset there, but you know, I don't know. And as, as for Indiana, yeah, they're they're playing close to home. Penn State's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team, and in certain certain respects, this is an event that Indiana has no success in. Indiana has had next to zero success whatsoever in the Big Ten tournament uh, for the eight millionth year in a row. They are not going to win the Big Ten tournament. I'm just going to say that right now. That's just not going to happen. So. There you go. So, you know, looking at the bracket, let's uh, let's pick a winner from the top half and the bottom half. Who do you like to see in the finals of the Big Ten 
tournament? Well, I'm obviously going to go with Michigan State I've been kind of tooting their horn this entire time. I just really like Cassius Winston at the guard spot, Xavier Tillman down low. I mean, I think they just have a good complement of players who fit roles for them. And then on the top half of the bracket, I was kind of debating. I like Michigan, their matchup, and I like their path. I'm not as high up on Wisconsin as the seeding would suggest, but I really liked what I saw from Illinois. I think, like I'm saying with the guard play, I like Io at guard for Illinois, so I think he'll have some good performances in this tournament. So I would go Illinois versus Michigan State as my championship matchup. I think for me, uh, bottom half, I'll kind of echo Keaton's sentiments again about Michigan State. I think they're clearly the best team in the bottom half of the bracket, and I don't really see them having many difficulties getting past Maryland or Penn State or whoever it may be uh, who they would face in the uh, quarterfinals uh, or semifinals, excuse me. But uh, so in the top of the bracket, I think that Iowa really could make a difference in that top in the uh, top part of the bracket here. We don't know what a Luca Garza style player will do this time of year. I mean, he could, you know, he has been incredible all year, but he really could take it to the next level in the Big Ten tournament and beyond in March Madness. So I really think that, you know, if you have a dynamic player like him, you can go as far as he wants to take you. So I really think he could, you know, they they did lose to Illinois to close out the season, but I really think that he could take them, to, you know, really far in the tournament. I just don't want to go in line with what everybody else is saying, so – I'll start in the bottom. I'll, I'm going to say Maryland, and I say that only to be different. I do think that Tom Izzo teams in March just kind of play at a different level, but Michigan State has not won every Big Ten championship, tournament championship. That's just, you know, that's just what it is. Uh, Maryland certainly is not playing its best ball right now. Do they, do they, do they bounce back? I, you know, I don't know. Um, the thing I'll say about Michigan State in that Ohio State game playing there at Breslin Center, everything happened with four players. Um, you know, if, if Sticks is able to get out there and have a big game for uh, for Maryland, I mean, he's going to be a lot for them to contend with. Uh, you know, they did go 10-11 deep, but it's really those four that are going to be the, the big difference makers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Terps at, at the bottom kind of with – a little, you know, a little bit of protest on my side. Um, looking at the top, I, I like Illinois too. I really like Illinois. Um, I think that this is the type of event when a when a guard can go off and just carry a team. And Iodasumu is the kind of guy that can just put a team on his back and 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 do things like that. Iowa certainly didn't have an answer for him at, at, at stretches. And, uh, you know, Brad Underwood, a coach that I thought was going to be run out of here by the end of this year, has his team, you know, sitting there, you know, in position to potentially win a, uh, a Big Ten tournament championship. So uh, who do you have in your matchup? Who do you have winning? I'm going to take Michigan State, but I really think it's going to be a great game. I think that could go either way. So I would not be shocked if Illinois were to take that game. But I think that I just like the experience of Michigan State with Cassius Winston. It just kind of feels like when you were watching his senior night, it's kind of, it's kind of like a story, but kind of like um, ending to his like regular season. So I think that might continue through the Big Ten tournament. So I would just give the edge to Izzo and the Spartans in that championship game. Yeah, I, you know, it's sometimes fun to be the contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian, but I agree with Keaton. I think Michigan State's going to uh, take it home. Nobody has more experience in this situation than Tom Izzo, and I think while there are other good teams in the bracket like Illinois and Iowa, like we had mentioned, I, I really just have difficulty thinking that any of them will be able to compete with the depth that Michigan State has. Oh, I have a Maryland team that I'm not exactly sold on, and I feel like I'm taking a little bit of a flyer on Illinois. 
Oh, give me a coin to flip. I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. Illinois. All right, we're going to go with Illinois. We're going to sit there. For all the reasons I think that they're going to get to the finals, I'm going to sit there and say that's going to be the reason that they're going to win it. going to jump in really quick with a statement we got from the Big Ten Conference. Um, at this time, the Big Ten men's basketball tournament will continue to be held as scheduled. Post-game media availabilities will continue to take place at the Big Ten uh, men's basketball tournament. However, they will be held in a larger designated area of Bankers Life Fieldhouse in lieu of team locker rooms. You've seen the SEC close locker rooms. We're seeing professional leagues start doing those types of things, all because of the coronavirus scare. Again, we're not going to get you know too deeply entrenched in that, but that is breaking news. So if you have tickets at this point, you're still able to get in and see the games. Um, you know, I'm going to throw one last curveball at the guys, and we're going to call it a, a show. When we get to Selection Sunday, I'm not asking you to pick a city or any or region or anything like that. What, what seed line is Ohio State on on Sunday? I think Ohio State will be a five seed. That's kind of where they've been balanced out. I don't think they'll do anything this tournament to warrant them jumping up or falling down, so I say they're going to get a five seed. Uh, I'll, I'll say six right now. If they were, if they happen to go on and beat Michigan State, I think we could see them jump up. But right now, with the struggles they had in January, but the eventual turnaround they were able to have, I think a six seed would be good for them. I think if Ohio State gets two wins, and that's a big if with Michigan State there, they could climb as high as a four, but I like them as a five seed myself. I think they get shipped off somewhere. I don't think that they're going to see anywhere close to uh, the Midwest in terms of what's going on. And I could see them at the back half of the S-curve in terms of the draw that they get. Hopefully they don't end up with an East Tennessee State or somebody like that. But we will definitely do some sort of podcast after the draw is in place and everybody's had a chance to, to, to absorb what's going on there. But, you know, for now we are calling it a show from Indianapolis here as uh, the BIA podcast is ready for the Big Ten uh, men's basketball tournament. For Keaton and Braden, I am your host, Kevin Noon. Thanks for listening. Be sure to stay up to date with Buckeye Grove Instant Access when the news breaks or after the big game. Exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher as part of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. Hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know and never miss a single episode.